0: Well, g'day everyone and welcome to life in the peloton i'm mitch stocker and the tour de france is upon us we're halfway through the tour de france and it has been a very very exciting race so far and actually i've got to experience it firsthand i've been over here in europe in france in denmark to watch the tour de france to report on the tour de france i've gone back with my old colleagues lionel bernie and francois thomaso to record daily episodes on the cycling podcast and it's been a really great experience, not only as a journalism, but just to hang around the Tour de France. The Tour de France is this big beast. Inside the race, of course, we know that. But outside the race, the people that come to it, the sponsors, just the atmosphere around it. It's just been, it's been pretty incredible. And along the way, I thought, you know, well, I might record some of this. I might try and give you guys a little taste of what it's like to be on the tour. Some of you may have been to the Tour de France before, and some of you may be thinking, oh, I would like to go to it. Well, what I've tried to do is set up what it is. I've talked to riders, I've talked to fans, I've talked to directors, sportifs, mechanics, as many different people as I can to try and paint this picture for you of what the Tour de France is, this race that we all know about. As well as being on the Tour de France, I also got to experience firsthand the Palace Rafa collaboration kit what did you guys think i'm sure you know what i'm talking about of course we were well aware of the collaboration a few years ago when that kit hit the world by storm and now they went back and did it again last time was at the giro this time they released it at the tour de france and i grabbed magnus court nielsen the kom wearer the polka dot jersey wearer for the first week and i asked him what is his favorite piece of rafa clothing
1: i think my favorite pieces is, is the black shorts so that's a that's a conservative part of, of that kit, and uh, I think black shorts is just always holds up well and uh, yeah we'll, we have some colors on, on the sponsors to to match up with, uh, with the jerseys and, and the bike and uh, I, f- I think that that's really beautiful
0: well the black knicks can you believe it Magnus I thought he would have gone for something else but you know some people are traditionalists and that's the thing that Rafa do well too we know that they do the bright crazy stuff which is more mice style of things but they can also tone it down and do some really really classy looking kit well rafa is the proud supporter of life in the peloton this year i'm really enjoying working with them and i'm so happy to have them on board guys i hope you enjoyed this episode this is on the road at the tour de france well the road less traveled actually that is something that we've been working on too here at life in the peloton with swath cycling Go across and check that out if you haven't already. That is a limited edition Tour de France tribute t-shirt that we've done, which is the map of the Tour de France, the road less traveled, and all the features that are on this year's Tour de France route. And I'm talking about wineries, breweries, rock concerts, whatever it is, check that out. That was designed by Rachel Peck, and we got together with our old friend, Tom, at Swiss Cycling and produced an awesome t-shirt for you guys too guys check that out at swisscycling.com c-o-i-s cycling.com and now guys sit back get ready to experience the tour de france Well, we're here at the start of the Tour de France and yes, I'm behind the scenes. That's why I want to take you a little bit behind the scenes of the tour because this thing is a beast. And as you can hear, I'm in the buses. I'm walking through all the buses. I got my yellow lanyard on, my Tour de France lanyard that gets you sort of the keys to the city, gets you in and out of different places. So I can get in here. I'm talking to a few people. What I want to do is just take you a little bit behind the scenes. What it's like on the Tour de France I guess behind the barriers. And um, so we're here day one in Copenhagen, Denmark to kick this thing off. I'm speaking with an old friend of mine, Gregory Russ, now a director sportif on Trek Sega Actually a director for quite a many years now. Greg, mate, how are you, buddy? I'm uh, still good. Yeah. yeah. We're down at the Tour de France. Can you tell me what, you've ridden six Tour de France's. Now you've been directing a few, I don't know how many. I'm feeling the atmosphere here. What is it like? Tell me about this beast. You know, you were on the first day, you're feeling the the energy of the race. What do you love about the Tour de France? What do you hate about the Tour de France?
2: It's actually my first Tour de France as a director. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did three vueltas and one Chiro, so is also a premiere for me here, but uh, I uh, always, especially when you start uh, in a place like Copenhagen, uh, the atmosphere is unbelievably good. When we saw the team presentation, all the riders was really, really uh, a little bit emotional even for Mats, it's so Ooh. special and they couldn't believe it. And uh, I think on the road today, we saw already a lot of people. Okay, right now it's a bit raining and the people are hiding a bit. But uh, the riders will feel, I think, the atmosphere really tomorrow on the road stage mm. and after tomorrow here in Denmark, I think it will be super amazing. Do you remember
0: back to your for- first Tour de France, that first stage and that feeling you had,
2: what was that feeling like? Oh yeah, I have a couple of memories about the Tour, good ones and bad ones, of course. Like every other riders who did Tour de France. So for sure we did some tours 2009 and we won with Alberto and I remember more the end than the beginning because we uh, we uh, enter first on the Champs-Élysées with the team and this is I still get goosebumps Mm. when I think on this this was one of the best moments of the career.
0: What do you think and you can tell me because you've seen the riders how are they feeling they just want to start I can imagine and a late start today four o'clock what's the feeling of the riders is the nervous energy is it good is it what is it?
2: Yeah, I mean they are all a bit uh, bored uh, because they are all here since Tuesday, and now we have uh, Friday, so it's quite a long time with training. And then you go team presentation and the uh, medical checks and the uh, 25 uh, PCR tests. So they're really, they really want to go now. Now it's a bit quiet in the bus because it started mm. raining, uh, but uh, yeah, it's like it is. It's only 13 case and we have Mats here and uh, the others. They don't need to take the biggest risk. So I think they all want to start.
0: What about the uh, bar scene? You've been out having a few beers, checking it out, because I've been out checking it out. It's a cool city, Copenhagen. Have you been out to have a
2: look around? <laughs> uh, these days are uh, <laughs> at the moment over. <laughs> it was very, very good possible in the past, I think. But we are uh, about 50 K outside of Copenhagen. And with the COVID rules, internal rules, is not the good moment to go in a bar with uh, people not wearing a mask and i think we saw in to the swiss what happened uh how fast it still goes around and we really try hard to avoid this so uh, no bar uh, no bars at the moment
3: this afternoon and share this ever so important moment in Tour de France history, as we turn to a story indeed. You know, if you like a story of the the rider who wins from the Breakaway, you would have loved the story of this rider back on the Tour de France in 2014. Alongside Breakaway artist Martin Elmiger, he was there at a stage that went all the way uh, to the end in Nîmes. He got caught with meters to go. This is Jack Bauer! The nation of New Zealand represent here. Jack Bauer, bike exchange. Jaco setting off on his first pedal strokes now, leaving the official ramp in the Danish capital.
0: I'm here with a good old mate of mine, Simon Gescher. The tour has begun. This is your tenth Tour to France, and now we're finally underway, mate. What does it feel like to get this thing underway? You're literally sitting here on your time trial bike, in your kit. How was it?
4: Yeah, I'm happy if I switch to my normal bike again tomorrow because it's not it's not my favorite machine, the time trial bike. But uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, It's it's pretty great to start the 10th tour already. Um, not that nervous anymore than uh, at my first. But still, yeah, every every time you do the tour, it's, it's special. And uh, yeah, this morning I was nervous again. So uh, even... And I think uh, when you stop being nervous before the tour, you might as well end your career also. <laughs> so I think it's a good thing.
0: What were the crowds like? Because last year when I was hanging around, it was a little bit of a different feel, the end of yeah. the COVID period. It looked like it was back to what I imagine normal. It was huge out there. Was
4: it like that? Yeah, for sure. So the team presentation two, years, uh, two days ago uh, was really, really a huge crowd. And today, I mean, it's, it's raining, but still uh, there were a lot of people that it was the whole time, uh, constant noise during the TT. So that was definitely nice. Is this year going to be your last tour? You reckon you can squeeze a few more out? You never know. Every tour could be the last one, so yeah, try to enjoy it next year. I don't know, I have a contract for next year, but uh, I might as well end up doing the Giro, you never know. So uh, yeah, I enjoy it as if it would be my last. I'm standing here with Matt Heyman,
0: mate. The eve of the tour, it's not quite Christmas, it's not quite Roubaix, but it's I guess it's Easter, isn't it?
5: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's nothing compares to the eve of Roubaix. but um. No, this is a big one. I mean, now that I've got a bit more experience. I've been around this race for a little while, but uh, we've got Nick Schultz here. It's his first Tour de France, and uh, I remember what it was like. Uh, mine was in '14, and we started there in Yorkshire. So yeah, it's it's big vibes. Everybody's back, and more so than ever when you come to a place like this, Copenhagen, and and you just know that the fans are going to be amazing. You know, they just that they they don't get this every time. They're going to make an effort to to get here and. Um, yeah, it's always exciting. It's exciting. It's really got a really good vibe. I've never ridden the tour, but
0: being on the other side of the fence, I get the feeling like now how cool it really is. And I I sort of think, oh, it'd be awesome to do this prologue today. I'm not talking about the mountains. I don't want to get into that. (laughs) But the prologue today would be awesome. It's got a cool vibe, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, until it started raining. And then uh, I was just in the back of the bus with Durbo and I was like, what do I say now? It's pissing down rain. He's been looking out to do this prologue for a while. And uh, there's about 19 billion corners. The tour, it does, it, like, like the big classics, there's just that something in the air and you can't really define it. Um, it's not, it's not A. When you get here, there's a few extra staff members, the crowds are bigger, the presentation that they did the other night would have set, set the scene for them, so. But in the same token, we've been hanging around the hotel for three days, guys just want to get this on the road, they want to get kicked off, they want to get this stage and, and, and probably halfway into tomorrow's stage and then they'll feel like they're in the tour. Is a bit of a release valve, isn't it? What about for you personally? Do you actually like driving in the car at the Tour? Oh, look, I guess as a rider too, you want to be doing the best races and the biggest races, and, and it's nice to be here. Um, there's more pressure, um, and pretty full-on with the crowds, and, and, but you feel the stress with the other directors. Everybody knows that, that it's on the line, and you, you've got to be ready to go, and you've got to be making the right moves, just like as a rider. So, Let's
0: talk about, lastly,
5: the most important thing about this year's Tour de France. Stage 5. <laughs> let's talk about it. what are you thinking well I just went I went to pick up the stuff at the accreditation and uh, I was talking to one of the ex-pros there and he was handing out the stickers and I'm going yeah but what about this and what about that and he goes mate there's more than one stage in this Tour de France stop asking me questions about stage 5 yeah but are you going to move the grass on sector 3 and um, so yeah look I'm excited and I'm excited to go there with this team because you know last time I was here with with Adam Yates as a rider riding a Roubaix stage and There's a lot of pressure on, you know, having to have one eye out for him, trying to get into the final. And we were really trying to nurse him through that stage. And I knew I wasn't gonna, you know, be able to ride for the win. Uh, We don't have that this year, no GC rider here. A Couple of guys who've had a bit of experience on the cobbles who like it um, and, you know, Jack, Durbo, Matthews, they're all guys that can handle themselves on the cobble. We've got nothing to lose, so the guys can go in there pretty relaxed, as relaxed as you can be going into a Roubaix stage, but we don't have to be looking over our shoulders or waiting for anybody, so it's gonna be good.
0: It's the morning of the second stage. Alexander, you're from Sweden. You're on the other side of the barriers. You're a fan. You've traveled across to see the tour, is that right?
6: Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, Saw the stage yesterday with my family and now we're here as well today. Just catch the start before we go back to Stockholm. How unique is it that you just
0: had the Tour de France just around the corner, really, across the bridge? Were you getting pretty excited when they announced the start over here?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah, of course I was. Uh, it's, it gives us a great opportunity to go, go over here and, and see the start without having to travel all the way to France. Uh, so it's just, it's wonderful. It's been a beautiful start of the race. Uh, it's been so bad. Bu- the crowd has been so big. Uh, it's been, an, an, uh, the atmosphere has been just fantastic.
0: Have you been to the tour before now? Uh,
6: yeah, I saw the tour in like 2001, 2002. I was standing on uh, the top of Col uh, with my with my mom and, and her boyfriend, uh, so I have some old photos of Ulrich and, and Armstrong in mm. in the middle of the peloton the in some drawer. Era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> explain to
0: people listening because this is for life in the peloton. Explain to people listening out there what they're missing. What is this atmosphere I'm talking about? What is the feeling here? You know, because it's really difficult to understand that when you're watching it on the TV
6: yeah yeah it's really hard to to get that when you're watching Uh, it's just it's it's a big party Uh, especially with a stage like yesterday in Copenhagen it was just such a just a super long party Uh, we we walked about two kilometers of the of the course it was just you know full of people even though it's raining it was just you know everyone was happy it was some drinking drinking some beers you know lots of music and just everyone sharing. yeah Uh, it it was beautiful turbo
0: Welcome, mate. You're going to be frequent this this uh, episode because I'm going to catch you all week. We're here at the Tour de France. I'm behind the fence. I've got the, the yellow y- lanyard on so I can go essentially where you can. Mate, what's it like? What are you feeling? The real day is starting today, isn't it?
7: Oh, man, it's been incredible in Denmark. Um, you know, I think the biggest crowds we had I ever had at the Tour de France was in Yorkshire. Um... And apparently today they reckon it's going to nearly rival that. So Yeah, it's going to be insane. So there's apparently 400,000 people out yesterday and only 13k. It's just been a really, really cool atmosphere, Um, you know, through the streets of Copenhagen last night, the presentation in Tivoli Gardens. It's a big show. Um, But yeah, we're ready to go. We've got a big, big opportunity now with Dylan uh, today. And so we've got all in for that. And uh, yeah, just going to enjoy the day. Are you feeling
0: nervous? Was this, eighth tour for you, is it?
7: Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously nervous for sure. I think that's normal if you were not nervous, it's uh, you don't do your job properly. So yeah, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm also excited, you know?
0: Well, we're gonna catch up with you all week. So mate, we'll leave you at that. It's about 30 minutes before the start. What's one thing we're gonna see from you today, mate? What's one thing you wanna see from today's
7: stage? Um, for me personally, I'd like to be the, put the boys under the bridge in good position and then uh, set up our sprint train. So. Depends on when that can happen. That can cap- happen 120K to go with this uh, with the Tour de France. So hopefully I can uh, I can do that.
0: All right, Nick, just before you jump back in the bus, we're at stage three now already. Schultze, mate, uh, you're practically half a Frenchman anyway. Um, your first tour, how exciting is this, mate?
8: Yeah, it's next level. Everything's taken to a whole other level. You know, I'd heard all the stories before coming here. Um, but that's one of the reasons I wanted to be on the start line here, to experience it for myself. and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, the crowds are, are next level. You can't see where you're going. You can't hear anything. You can't you practically can't see anything. And it's just stress from start to finish. But, I mean, it's the big show, and uh, it's what I want to be a part of, and it's awesome.
0: Tell me about what you were telling me before, because I just said, why don't you just go sit at the back? You know, don't get in the fight. But actually, it's still not easy at the back of the peloton, is it?
8: No, exactly. And I think uh, that's also a difference between other races like... Uh, with about 50k to go yesterday I checked out essentially and and you know I had no more work to do uh and I went to the back and I thought I'd have an easy ride until the bridge and it was just uh the people who are at the back actually don't want to be there because there's so much stress in the bunch it's just this constant fight that people are still fighting at the back and then there's these pinch points it slows down you lock up there's a crash left there's a crash right and actually you're just doing like extra accelerations that you don't need to be doing and Um, that's something that I think is very different to other races and uh, yeah you know it's just it takes its toll and it's already taken its toll on day two.
0: What about before because this is something I don't think anyone understands to get to the Tour de France you essentially have had this massive build-up mental stress physical you're in the best form of your life even a few weeks beforehand just to get selected then suddenly you start this what you just told me the most stressful hardest race so tell me about that preparation to just get in the Tour team.
8: Yeah, I mean, so much work went into it. It was also a really rocky start to the year. Um, but I just had to sort of have faith in the process and, and keep chipping away. Um, but I must say the, the last couple of weeks where it was sort of in limbo, I thought I might be coming, but I hadn't had the official call. It was really nerve-wracking. And, uh, you know, like there was one morning I was getting ready to go for a ride and I banged my knee on the, on the countertop and I was stressing. And it's like, I just wanted to wrap myself in cotton, cotton wool, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah big nerves coming in and and also like once getting that call, um sort of amplified everything because particularly with the health crisis it's like well now i need to get to the start line um and we had to pass two pcrs before the race and there was just a whole another element you know and uh but yeah i guess that also all adds to it because i've not felt that for any other race before including other grand tours all right
0: neil stevens my old director good friend of mine steve what's it like being on the tour just in general, you've done some tours as a rider, but now you're as a well, long-time director as well. Now being back up in the atmosphere, what's the vibe like of the tour? Second day now, is the steam coming off a little bit? Is it a bit more relaxed today after yesterday?
9: Uh, yeah, I suppose that the uh, that with any major tour, that when once the get the first kilometer, the first road stage is a, a whole different story. Basically, from there on, it just uh, it just keeps on rolling along, and uh, one day after another, up until now, the the presentations and that stuff like I'm really not into it at all. Uh, it's just all too much razzmatazz for me, and even the day yesterday, the time trial, it's stress, it's uh, and it's an individual race, and tell the race really hasn't started as such. For me, uh, once the race is up and going, and then uh, it basically goes one it goes on from there after that. But um, in all reality, you know, my major thing in my uh, my mind is to to disassociate myself from the tour, to think this is just another race and try to get on with it that sort of way because otherwise, so much razzmatazz, basically, it'll uh, get on on top of you, really.
0: Maddie, mate, we're in the second stage in your home country. Has it simmered down? Tell me about the vibe and what is it like having the tour? Because you've ridden the Tour de France before, many times, actually. What's it like having the tour in your own country? Super
10: weird. Yeah? Super strange. Yeah, yeah, like having the bus just outside that the... Park Did yesterday. I slept again. in I the park okay. uh, when I was younger cool. Cool. after a yes. big <laughs> night out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was thinking about that night <laughs> when we were standing there. Like yeah, yeah, biggest event in, uh, like in the like in the world, day. basically, yeah, uh, uh, especially on Danish soil yeah. and having all the spectators here. Oh, yeah. You know, people I know. Um, yeah, that that, mean, that was special. Yeah. It sucked with oh, the like weather, though. But I mean, what do you expect? It's Denmark. It was strange like, because I was seeing that
0: too. It sort of transforms the city and you almost don't re- recognise your own city because of all the buses, the barriers and everything like that.
10: Yeah, totally. But I, I must say I was kind of in the zone yesterday. So, you know, even though there were so many Danish flags and spectators all over the course, my wife was standing there waving. I didn't see anything. I was just in the zone, super concentrated. So it was a it was a tough day and it could have been anywhere, basically. Once we started with the first rider, um, with with Bissega there, I mean, it could, we could have been in France, basically.
0: Watching the caravan come through here, the people are going wild. The Danish flags, oh, I never thought they'd get into it this much. Well, who knows, it's the Tour de France, isn't it? This is just crazy to see firsthand. This caravan, I can tell you, is ridiculous. I'm talking with a great old mate of mine, Simon Clark, from Zero to Hero, at the end of last year he was in a bit of trouble his team folded, looking like he was gonna to have to join me on the other side of the fence but he's like nah i'm not done gets a last minute contract with israel and they are so happy they signed him you're here at the tour de france mate
11: yeah look uh looking back it's it's a, it's a great story and you know you don't think about that when you're in the middle of it but yeah it's it's just you know they always tell you never to give up uh but it's true. You should take it literally and just never give up because if you don't, uh, anything's possible. And uh, I I continued all winter, Australian summer, preparing like I was ready for turning, going back to racing, even though I didn't have a team. And when Israel rang, I I was ready to go. Listen to that crowd. What is it like? You've been to, I,
0: I don't know, eight nine Tour de France, I don't know you're going to tell me in a second but how is this crowd here it's got to be one of the best you've been in
11: yeah look uh this is my seventh Tour de France and uh the crowd's amazing uh unfortunately with COVID the last couple of years the guys who haven't done a pre-COVID Tour de France uh can't compare because this is finally we're back to pre-COVID Tour de France crowds. so I mean this is the Tour de France I know and it's crazy, and unfortunately, the last couple of years it hasn't been able to be like this for various reasons. And it's great to see that we're seeing the old Tour de France back. Zach Dempsey, now he's, he's a big wig. He's gone up, he's gone, moved to Israel. He's a
0: DS, now he's one of the DSs of the Tour de France. Demers, what's it like? What's this big beast like?
12: Yeah, it's uh, busy. I think, like, as a writer, you feel the, the tour is pretty crazy, but. When you see all the behind the scenes of what's going on, you know, there's, there's a fair few plates spinning, put it that way. Um, so yeah, it's important to be prepared and, and when you get here, you know, you know it's going to be chaos, so you're, you're kind of mentally prepared for that, and as long as you've done your homework before, then, then it's okay.
0: What about the riders? How have you kept them sort of cool, calm, collected? There's a few newbies here. Um, you having done the tour before as a rider as well, you know what it's like. What are you sort of doing to try and calm these guys down?
12: Well, half of these guys are older than me anyway, so yeah. <laughs> uh, they've done a fair few more tours <laughs> than me, but I guess from from this side of the fence, you know, as long as, like I mentioned before, as long as the, the planning side and the strategy, communication-wise of that, you know, is clear, then, then that's, yeah, you create like an environment of calm, I guess, um, so yeah, let's see, we're day one now, we've only had the TT, um, so there's plenty of chaos coming and, you know, we just go day by day. Did you
0: guys Did you let them all go out for a bit of a walk around the city yesterday and get the vibe of the crowd?
12: Yeah, yeah, of course. I did a cafe tour beforehand in the rain. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's pretty
0: it's pretty strict, like for to give everyone an idea of what it's like over here, you know, COVID is very much
11: in place here. It's like I feel like I've gone back two years. It's masks, it's bubbles, isn't it?
12: Yeah, like it was strange, you know, like the spring it was kind of like, alright, COVID's done. And then you kind of felt it creeping up. Um but then Swiss, man. Swiss was like back to paris 2020, you know? It was, all right, a third of the Peloton's gone home, master back on. You've got to be super careful. Guys are staying away from their families coming out of Swiss for the tour, you know? We had Daryl and P uh, go home, stay somewhere else away from his family, and in the end, he'd end up picking it up. But he picked it up in Swiss, and it finally came out in the incubation period a few days before the race, which... It's shit. Like, there's no other way to to describe it you know the guys come from a wheelchair last year wheeling around his basement to the pool after the hip you know the hip breaking his hip so then all of a sudden yeah just getting his carpet the the rug really just ripped out from underneath him after winning a stage in swiss you know which was a huge thing honestly coming in it was kind of tough to deal with that but we're here now stay focused um and let's see if we can you know get out of this race what we came to do
0: well, I've run into Michael Rasmussen walking down here between the buses Michael,
1: what's it like having the tour in your home country? What's the feeling? Are you jealous Are you enjoying it? Obviously I, I wished it happened in my time as a rider because the, the reception of old riders has just been absolutely amazing and um, before the tour came there was lots of talks about how how much money the country actually spent on this event. But I think, you know, all that uh, criticism has to be silenced now after the, the reception and having, you know, one and a half million people on the streets uh, in Copenhagen, because this is something that will it will go down in history and people will be, be talking about these experiences uh, in 10 years from now, I think. Well, you were a man who loved wearing the polka dot jersey
0: and I especially loved it when you went full polka dots. Like, I mean, bike, NYX, helmet, everything. I'm, I'm a man of the aesthetics. Magnus caught today, he could get the polka dot jersey.
1: What do you think? How good would that be, a Dane wearing polka dot in Denmark? I think, you know, maybe a couple of Danes, they should actually go for that because, uh, well, just being on the podium in Denmark, that would be... that could be something, maybe even career changing for them um, in, in, in that sense. Um, so yeah, you know, they should just throw everything at it um, because these little, these little hills, uh, they are they're not really mountains here, right? You know, it's, a, it's an area where I grew up and uh, and Magnus, he won on one of those uh, those climbs. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he won the stage two of Denmark uh, some ten years ago. Um, so he knows that area very well. How long is the climb? Well, it's about a kilometer. Uh, so you know, basically, it's just a highway bridge. But uh, nevertheless, you know, he's he's got a good punch and uh, he can do it.
0: So life on the other side. It's stage two, and I'm actually now walking down the finish straight. Can you believe it? That's the best thing about having this this yellow pass here you get to all access pass and um, the atmosphere is pretty incredible pretty incredible there's people everywhere so I'm gonna try and give you a little bit of that feel and see if I can find someone along here at the finish line who's probably been waiting here for hours we are literally two meters from the finish line here in stage two guys who am I speaking to
9: my name is Luger
0: and how did you guys get two meters from the finish line here
9: um, my dad got up at like three in the morning and took a train out and they uh, stood here at 4 30 this morning so he's we, he's been standing here quite a while and the rest of the family we joined him a little a bit, a bit later
0: unbelievable and are you guys from where how far away from here are you
9: uh, we're from Olds. hundred kilometers, 100 kilometers.
13: Yeah.
0: Are you looking forward to the finish? Who who do you want to see win today?
9: Yeah, of course mess
13: Pete. Matt
0: Peterson. what about Magnus Court Nielsen?
9: you good. Yeah. Good. Okay, okay, it's fine. fine. Yeah. But Mesh P is uh, our favorite right now.
0: So okay, awesome. Well, guys, I hope you enjoy it. Two meters from the line. You guys are going to see the real winner.
9: Yeah. It's going to be great.
0: We go. Can you tell me, what, mate,
3: being out in the bike today, what was it like out in the bike? Bradley Wiggins, that is, in case anyone doesn't know. Yeah, it was amazing, actually. The crowds were incredible. Um, it reminded me of London, actually, a few years ago. Well, 15 years ago now, when we started. But um, very nervous straight away from the start you could see everyone was uh, pretty twitchy obviously with this bridge in the running and everyone's preempting that today I think How'd it feel just being out on the bike, wind in your hair and that sort of feel? Yeah it was good, it was nice actually, I'd done the Giro so that wasn't too long ago but it's always nice to be at the Tour, you still, even on the motorbike you get a sense of what it's like to be at the Tour Yeah Yeah <laughs>
0: That is the crowd for Magnus Court-Nielsen, polka dot jersey, day two of the Tour de France. How is that reception? Unreal. Talking with Raj, he's a mechanic on my old team, EF, Easy Post. Raj, what's a day in the life of a mechanic at the Tour de France? You've done now, this is stage two. Is it stressful? Yesterday was a stressful day for you guys. You know, crashes, people everywhere. Do
14: you like this stress? Honestly, we don't like, as a mechanic, we don't like this kind of stress. We hope the riders come in safely at the finish, you know. But yesterday we have a very bad day, which is uh, Rigo's bike was broken, Ruben had a crash, the fork is broken, so we have a little bit long day yesterday. So instead of finish by early dinner, you do have nice, but we finish late, a little bit late. So it's
0: a routine of to the front. What is it like having to come in after seeing the car all day and then suddenly you
14: got to repair these bikes? It's- it's taxing, isn't it? It's a pain in the ass, actually. Nobody, <laughs> li- nobody likes it, actually. But we always cross the finger. Nothing bad happened in the race, you know. But this is cycling. You cannot change it.
0: I'm here with Chris Hamilton. Mate, tell me. The tour. This is your first tour. Yep. Stressful.
14: Holy shit.
15: Everyone says, like, yeah, the tour is different and it's a lot more stress and stuff like that. But then, like, when you're actually thrown in it, it's, like, from as soon as the break point yesterday, it's, like everyone's just like just fighting for a spot you know it's like you're in the last 40k of a normal stage race or whatever like the whole day yeah but i guess now it's pretty early days so it's still a little unsettled there's still no like pecking audio you know but it's just like i try i went back to to get bottles with like 70k to go and man it took me like half an hour to get to the front of the guys because people just don't move like (laughs) Yeah, it's not like they're riding in a team or anything like that. It's just like, oh, you know, oh, you want to come through the bottles now and get f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you just got to remember those guys, you yeah. know. You're just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to remember you for next time. Mental note. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, oh, I don't know. I think probably it'll settle down in the next week or so, but who knows. <laughs> well, today's supposed to be a bit of crosswind, isn't it? Like, I don't think it will be, but everyone's prepared for it, you know, so that's just, and Yeah. I guess as you know the crosswinds aren't the worst but it's the stress before it and stuff like that so probably be a bit on edge again today and I don't know I'll just for me I've just kind of got to stay near the front and take wind for the to keep them out of trouble which I don't mind doing because when you're back in the bunch and the shit it's pretty grim. All right boys
0: now we're here at the finish line of the Tour de France why have you come down what do you what do you want to see
13: today Well we just want to see the uh, the cyclists and uh, just have some fun over here and, uh, you know, with, with some friends and, yeah.
0: Are these your mates here? You guys don't follow cycling normally?
13: No, not normally, no, we don't. Uh, not that much, uh, but because uh, it's in our uh, hometown, so we think it's to, to, to show some support uh, for the cyclists and uh, for the city. So we, we decided to come down here and have some fun. What's been the feeling of, for the whole of um, Denmark,
0: you reckon, the first three days of the Tour de France going through your country?
13: Well, it's pretty extraordinary. Uh, we, uh, we we can't really uh, yeah. understand that it's actually here. Uh, we've always, you know, every summer just looked at it. You know, we know what Tour de France is, but uh, we just look at it in the, in the TV. And But now that it's here and, and we, we see, you know, Denmark, uh, in the TV and things like that, some places we know. So it's it's pretty pretty awesome to see that we we, we feel a bit more important.
11: Okay, after a pretty
0: hectic start in Denmark, and from what I understand, not normal for the Tour de France. Everyone's saying like, you know, they haven't seen that since Yorkshire days or London days, you know, so, or even Belgium, they said, but now we're back in France. It is a bit quieter, but there are still a lot of people here. I'm back at the buses. Seeing, I'm gonna have a chat to the guys or to the riders and see What they're feeling now they're back in France, the Tour de France is now in France and what the vibe's like. We're now at stage four, I guess. Tomorrow is Roubaix. Alright guys, fans of the pod, but more more importantly, fans of the tour, who am I speaking with here? Yeah, Andy. Dan. Ollie. Adam. And where are you guys from? From the UK. Where? Yeah, Felixstowe. Oh right, Felix Stowe, yeah. All right, well tell me, guys, how have you got here? Why have you come here? What's the journey be to stage four? We're here in Dunkirk, the start of the race.
16: What's been the journey to come and see the tour? Uh, our journey was easy, jump in a car, get in a tunnel, just arrive, and it, when it's this close to your house, you've got to come say hi to the Tour de France. And what are you excited
0: about coming here and seeing? Or so far, what you've like? what's the vibe like? You're like, oh my god, this is so cool. Or uh, you know what, it's a bit underwhelming. Ah, oh, it's super cool,
17: it's relaxed, it's like loads of good people talking to everybody just chilling out and seeing the, the riders which is awesome and see them racing later on that'll be mega.
0: Who have you seen that has been pretty cool to see like big stars? Wow
18: well, I mean G rolled past us with his gilet off today so that's pretty exciting, fingers yeah. crossed something good will happen there.
0: And what are you going to do later on today what's your plan to watch the race?
8: I'm going to pick up the car try and pick the race up a couple of times get some beers it'll be be good find some sunshine it'll be lovely
0: it's well and truly bureau clock already it's well after 12. what are you doing
8: <laughs> we'll, we'll get
18: there soon we'll find there's them there's a cooler in the car they're they're on ice already they're ready to go they're on ice oh yeah what did you bring over what have i got i've got a couple of verdettes and some brew dogs i think chilling in the van so this should be uh, pretty good
0: all right brett lancaster ds of in your screen and Hears, buddy mate, Roubaix is upon us, who cares about the other stages, what What are you thinking about tomorrow's stage how are you guys going to sort of change your, the way you DS in comparison to a normal stage
16: well the way we DS, you know, it's a lot more in it as you know Mitch um, I think it's the way we approach it um, as, as the way we group, you know, you're going to have I think, you know in the other stage up to now, you know, have 8 guys we keep a bubble, but I think we're going to have to have a, like, say, a Dylan Van Baal with the with Yates, you know, really just put pairs together because, you know, you're not going to keep a team of eight together, are you? It's just wow. impossible. So I think we're going to approach it that way. Um, you know, up until the first sector, you can still have the traditional, you know, bubbles at the front as we ride. And then after that, we'll, we'll probably team guys up, you know. I think Luke will be with Adam, sorry. Dylan with G or, yeah, you know, um, something like this. We
0: still to talk about it, but um, we'll sort it out. I'm here with Dylan van Baal, the winner of Paris-Roubaix, mate. This is a bit of an honour to talk to you, buddy. Where's the rock? Was it good getting it home? What's the fallout been of Roubaix?
8: Yeah, um, it's it's home in, uh, in Monaco. Um, luckily, I drove by car to to Belgium uh, for the <laughs> classics so I could bring it home. Uh, but yeah, we it's such a nice experience you know uh, every day I got a reminder of it still people coming to me sending messages on, on social media um, yeah that's pretty special
0: I spoke to Matt Heyman after he won Roubaix and he said he couldn't watch it for a while because he just kept getting too emotional what about you have you really watched the race
8: yeah to be honest I watched it uh, like maybe two weeks ago um, I couldn't sleep and then I was like yeah maybe that, that gets me in sleep but no uh, no chance um, but yeah uh, I I don't get really emotional from it, but um, I just get a nice feeling of it, uh, watching like images or photos. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's just something really special.
0: Owen Dool, mate. First time I've seen you actually since I stepped off. I've been watching you on TV. You've really looked like you've actually turned a page. not think you were going um, badly or anything, but you've just sort of been injected with this new energy, it feels like. New position in the bunch. How's it feel being on um, EF or just a new new team?
19: Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, I, I do feel like a different rider here, and I think it's not so much because of like I think that, you know the work I put in, the the level of like professionalism is still the same, but it's that different atmosphere. And you know, the, the team have got a lot of faith in me, and I, it's nice, it's refreshing, you know, to have a, a whole team believe in you and, and your abilities and what you can do. And and then the flip side of that is I want to repay them, I want to show that. Um, so yeah, I'm just loving it to be honest.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Like, change is good. I was in, in Green Edge for six years, and, you know, you sort of get pigeonholed in this position, and you start to believe it yourself, good or bad, whatever. And you come to a new team, and all of a sudden, they've seen you only from the outside. And you come in, and you go, hang on. I am that guy. I can do that. So you get this belief again. Have you sort of felt... I've seen that, the way you've been racing. You're in a different position, too. The way EF rides is very different to the way Sky or Inyos rode. So now is it, like, feeling a bit weird sometimes when you just sort of not sitting in that one line at the front or you just got that freedom to go in breakaways things like that
19: yeah 100 percent. i think it's 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 good for it's good for me also for it's, it's like healthy for me to have different options and 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 not ride how kind of spent the last couple of years riding with sky and yeah like like i said it's 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 also a thing where what, what's kind of your role at ineos or sky it's kind of just expected and it's not so much uh, a good job today or well done you don't feel as appreciated whereas here you you i really feel like yeah, I, I bring something to the team and they, and they value that and um yeah and it's nice it's nice to feel appreciated and wanted you know it's a normal human thing i guess what about the kit mate you like being in some outrageous kit yeah, yeah yeah well when i found out it was it was palace at the start of the year i thought oh it'd be nice to ride the tour for the <laughs> for the stash um but no i love it i think it's whatever rafa do we're not they they normally do well and obviously when palace is on board as well it's yeah it's, it, and for me also it makes my first tour even more special because of that you know there's, there's even more kind of
3: drama around it i guess
0: bernie mate other side of the fence for us isn't it
3: oh yes and trust me it was better on the other one <laughs> yeah, probably not following Wild fun art today but it was definitely more organized there <laughs> <laughs> mate you've
0: actually been um in the media scrum or the you know life in the um in the press room but also, you've gone back into the peloton a little bit now, director sportif, aren't you?
3: Oh uh, yes, I'm doing kind of both. So um, it's a long season for me, an uh, in t- intensive season. So I'm doing Giro-Tour-Walter, and did a Giro for commentary tour here in our life for Eurosport. And the next thing is then I'm going to be sports director for Bora in uh, Walter. So that's uh, while well, the tour, most likely, I have to prepare
0: all the stages. What do you think then? So you've done all three now. You've done. Rider, obviously for many years but then now you did a little bit of media stuff and now back in the game as a sports director what do you prefer at the moment
3: oh i still enjoy everything really because it is really interesting television work and all that around how people react i think it's amazing but at the same time as a sports director it's demanding modern cycling you have to know everything there is no nothing you can leave and say I will find out for you guys. The riders want that information in that second, and you have to provide it. And at the same time, it, that's uh, it is very demanding, and I, that's why I enjoy it. It's like it's a never boring day. It's never the same day, and uh, but it's the same for television. So I have no idea. Probably keep doing both.
0: Woodsy, we're standing at the front here just before, just as you got back from a brutal finish, stage four already, mate. That thing kicked off, didn't it? Yeah, well it was looking amazing,
17: uh, not that I saw much of him, I was at the back, but I looked up the hill when he went and he was a long ways away and I, I knew like, I could see my future and it was going to be suffering.
0: What's it like now at the tour? Now we've left Denmark, Denmark was like epic, crazy, really busy, really stressful actually just from the crowd from what I understood, now we're back in France for the Tour de France, are you feeling like a bit more comfortable now, are you feeling like the groove a bit? Yeah,
17: strangely no. Like the the first two days in Denmark, the first two days in Denmark were amazing, but then coming back here, it uh, it's weird. Like uh, it's almost like the races started again, uh, just because we had that rest day. It was like it was a superfluous rest day for the riders. It was needed for the staff, but for uh, for us, it was just almost like we didn't need it because the first two days were actually the first three days were surprisingly easy, and then uh, take the rest day, and it's almost like it uh, reset again. It was like getting can, can start all over again. Well, was today
0: like a first day for you?
17: Yeah, definitely. Except the break's gone so easy the last three days as well. It was, like, it's shocking. Like normally, you know, it's a bit of a battle for the break, but no one's really won it. Maggie's kind of got it on lockdown at the moment, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a really weird start to the tour.
0: Why? Why do you reckon that? Like, why is I was seeing why B and B not going for the break? Why is you know even you guys not throwing someone in there? Yeah, yeah I was
17: thinking the same thing. Like, why? Why aren't we putting guys in? Why? Uh, But uh, I think one, Magnus has got such a stronghold on the one jersey that's up for grabs at the moment for the breakaway. (laughs) Who's
0: beating him in those sprints?
17: Yeah, like even I actually watched him go on the last day of Denmark and I entertained the idea of going with him. But I was like, what am I going to do there? I'm not going to beat him on a cat four. Like, Maggie's one of the best guys in the world on a sprint like that. I'm not gonna do anything against them. So uh, I think everyone's kind of thinking that. And so that's why no one's really going in there. And also I think everyone's just a bit afraid of what's to come.
0: And for you, what's your feel now for the rest of the race? I see you've got a bit of a different tack to to normally how you ride, maybe looking for stages. What's your idea about this year's Tour de France for the big wood man?
17: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, just uh, stay at the back for the first bit, stay out of trouble. I've always crashed every Tour de France I've done. And it's always held me back from, I think, winning. I've come third a couple times. No, uh, sorry. I've come third. Come had some close calls, but uh, I think the injuries that I sustained from previous crashes helped me back. So this one's just stay safe this first week, and then go after the break.
0: I'm speaking to Jean Marc Marino, mate. It's been a few years since we've seen each other. Back in yeah. my first year as a professional, actually before I was a professional we were racing together and now we've, we've met
20: each other back at the tour de france tell me about your position in the tour de france uh, now i'm in the tour i'm dealing uh, on a motorbike i'm dealing with all the vehicle inside the race the bubble race so that means the tv uh, camera tv the t- uh, photographer all the vip cars and all the cars the shimano cars the neutral cars and even the team's cars Uh, to uh, make the security for the rider, and uh, also for making all the pictures uh, the media needs for the race without making any risks for the riders. That's my job. It's an amazing job because you get to sit right there at the back of
0: the peloton Uh on the motorbike. You get to see all the action. It's actually got to be the job that you have to be a cyclist because you have to know how the peloton moves. You got to know how to let the the motorbike guys go through. So you were telling me when we had a quick conversation that
20: all the guys who are on these motorbikes are ex-professionals, is that right? Exactly, exactly. You need to be ex-professional because uh, you need to anticipate what the peloton will do. Or if they will stop, or you can see if it's windy, you know it will be uh, an acceleration from, from the teens. So you have to understand the race before it happens. And all our uh, drivers are ex-professional cyclists. Uh, my pilots, uh, all the VIP cars are ex cyclists, French, uh, uh, Spanish uh, from everywhere in the world and, uh, and they, ra- they do the race with us all year long, so they have a good experience and uh, that's why uh, uh, we are, I hope, the best organization and, uh, and we can provide uh, the, the best race for the rider and also for in the TV and uh, for everyone. Do you sometimes,
0: even though you're doing your job, yeah. you're right there in the race, sometimes are you a fan? Do you sometimes watch the racing and think, ah, oh, this is cool, I get to see the best position?
20: Yeah, yeah, for the first time in my life, I am in a in a mountain with a Pogacar and, <laughs> and, and, and Roglic. It never happens uh, when I was riding, you know, I was in a Gruppetto uh, with you in the climb, so. No, now it's, of course you're a fan. And uh, you're, I am more impressed now than I used to be a cyclist, because you realise, you, you know, you see the face of the guy, you see the pain, and uh, you also see everything, all the riders, the good teammates, the guy who works very well for the team, the guy who, who cheat a little bit, uh, you know, who doesn't work that much. And uh, most of the time, some sports director who are my friend, they ask me the job of the, the, yeah. the guys, yeah, because you see everything.
0: I'm just walking along here inside the barriers with Andrew. Andrew, where are you from? So I'm from Liverpool in the UK. And actually, I just looked down at you as we are walking along here. You don't have one of the golden lanyards on. I was like, how would you actually get in here? Uh,
1: Managed to jump over the barriers. (laughs) So everyone out
0: there listening, that is not what you do. No. And you will get kicked out. But he's taken a risk, and well done, mate.
1: Thanks, Mitch. Well, enjoying the podcast, and uh, keep up the good work. And you
0: enjoying the tour
1: too? What's Uh, the vibe like? Yeah, it's been excellent. Uh, No, really good. Uh, The weather's been beautiful the last couple of days when... uh, came over from the UK so I think today's really when the, the tour starts proper with the cobbles so it'll be interesting to see how the, the GC favourites get on.
0: What are you going to do today for the cobbles? Uh,
1: so I'm going out to the cobbles, uh, jump back in the car, drive a couple of hours down the road to, to one of the sectors. Um, so hopefully no punctures for the uh, the big favourites but um, that's all part of the part of the game. Are you going to sneak into a team car are you? Uh, no well you know if the offer is there but uh, no happy to watch from the road for the
21: rest of the day.
3: Hello Connor it's obviously a big
21: day how are you feeling leading into it mate?
18: yeah i'm a bit nervous but it's the same i think for pretty much every single other bloke here <laughs> for the race so you know i just have to strap in and hope that there's no big problems i know i've just seen the cobbles uh in april and that was about the only thing maybe someone will put some tape on my fingers because that's more or less than the hard thing it's not the roubaix length you don't have as many cobbles so i don't think the blister issue is uh the main thing today i think it's more the you know the chicken fingers that you have after every uh, after every sector. So I, you really just have to have the right material, the right tyres, and then go in with uh, an open mind and do your best. <laughs> Given
14: that positioning will be crucial, are you expecting it to just be a big fight to that first sector?
18: Yeah, I think is after the first sector, there's still a long way till the next one's 20k. So I think, I mean, it's probably there 20k so that everyone can regroup after a big crash because I'm sure that's what's going to happen. So I just hope that A lot of us can get through all right because uh, everyone's going to be really nervous. Everyone's going to want to be at the front, but uh, yeah, the Pave sectors aren't massive. So you're going to
0: have some uh, rough and tumble today. Mate, have you got um, Oliver Nason looking after you today? Because you've got a really good classic Sky around you. What's the plan from the team? I think the, the plan
18: is really just to stay all together. I think if you have more or less six, eight guys, well, six, seven, five, however many are there, all together around you it's pretty difficult to lose a lot of time because uh, it is only a short stage and it is flat so oh, okay. the famous
0: last words yeah, it's
18: the famous last words but that's what you hope for it's exactly what happened in 2018 and i believe it'll be more or less like this hopefully
0: <laughs> this do you year. do you know what to get a bit of tech do you know what tire pressure you're riding
18: yeah i've got 30 mil tires with four 4.2 awesome so, all right i'm looking for us, f- as well so that's well, we've done is we've this, we've tried as well, and the go- the boys liked it for Roubaix, and I didn't mind it when we used it in April. So, hopefully,
0: that's the go. <laughs> Don't get too many punctures. Awesome. I love the confidence, mate, and it works for you, so good luck. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woodsy, what
17: uh, what tire pressure are you going for, mate? I got 3.6 on the front, 3.8 in the back. Who's advised you on that? Uh, Guillaume Boivin. Top Ten at Roubaix, you know?
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty I was about to say pretty good advice there. What's your tactic today? What are the what, what are you guys gonna do to stay safe? Or you're gonna go aggressive? What's the plan?
17: Man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna try and try everything. Uh, stay at the back. But I don't want to stay too far back because I don't want to lose too much energy. You got any tips for me?
0: I would say you gotta you gotta yeah, be on the offensive, go for it. You know, don't fall to the sides of the stones. Go Stay in the middle. Everyone's probably said that to you a million times. Stay in the middle. Everyone's gonna fall away on the sides and just you're gonna just slowly move up as the guys fall away in front of you.
17: I hope you're right. I hope you're right, buddy. Pray for me, my man.
0: Don't be scared, Woodsy, you'll be right. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Have fun, more like it. Carlos Verona. <laughs> I spoke to your mechanic before, actually. Yes. He told me about your tires. You got special tires on today. Yes. How
22: are you feeling? How's the whole team feeling? Yeah, I think today's the key stage. I think there is a lot of to lose. Not too much to gain, so let's try to survive to the stage. It will be difficult because in the covers everything can happen, and yeah, we count in with some guys with a lot of experience like Erbiti, and another ones like me with zero experience. Today will be my first race in the covers. <laughs> I did the covers in Flanders, but yeah, I did the recon, and it's nothing compared to this. So yeah, let's try to survive the day. How did you feel in the recon? Because
0: I heard a friend of mine did the recon and he ran into you guys and he said, he ran into one of your teammates and he said, hey, what tire? he's a Belgian guy, he said, what tire pressure do you have on? And one of your teammates
22: said, ah, I don't know. I've got no idea. Tire pressure is key. Do you know what you've got in your tires today? Yes, yes, around four bars. We actually did a last recon before coming here. We tried different pressures. So yeah, I mean, we've not been here, but now I think science is everywhere. We have a good engineer in the team, Ivan Velasco. Also, we are working close with the guys from SIP and SRAM. So, yeah, we have, like, we are from all the schools, but we have everything under control. We just missed the experience, but we know everything. You've
0: got a VD though. He is one of the best Cobblestone, Spanish Cobblestone riders in the, in the in the past, forever. What about, what has he been saying to you guys?
22: Yeah, I mean, like, not, not, not at the end, people can tell you a lot of things, you know, but you have to feel it. And I think, yeah, we did two records with Enric. We have here, Imanol with him, so, yeah. I think. Let's see today. Good luck. Go, Carlos. You'll be right.
0: We'll need it. Thank you so much. Hammo, been a few days since I spoke to you, mate. Now we're on the cobbles. How things progressed since we last spoke?
15: Uh, I mean, not too much has changed. Still still a bit of the same old shit. A lot of a lot of stress for, you know, not so much. Like yesterday, it was just the bunch is crazy nervous all day. And then, yeah, I think we all got our pants pulled down a bit on that last hill, eh? But, uh... Yeah, I think there's a lot of hype around today, so it's kind of, yeah, it's nice to finally get here, but yeah, it'll also be nice to to finish it, you know.
0: Speaking with Beardy, he's a very well-known photographer out of Tasmania. Mate, a Roubaix stage, what is the plan for the photographers on a day
11: like today? Because you could potentially go chasing and miss everything. Yeah, it's a pretty nervous day. You speak to everyone, they've all got different plans, but... Yeah, you're kind of crisscrossing across the course to find as many spots as possible. I'm going to go to sector 11, which is early in the race. Not much will happen, but we'll get some scenic shots there on the cobbles. And then we're going to cut across to number five, which is a bit more of a bananas, like, four-star sector. I think it's 28 k's long. Um, And then maybe go across to the last sector, which is 5 k's from the finish, where all the fireworks will be going off. So, yeah, if I can get there and get
8: some money shots, I'll be very, very happy.
0: Well, today's going to be a big day. We're just following Bay, the cobble sectors. Been out there getting interviews. The riders are pretty nervous. And today, I'm, getting, I'm pretty nervous too to try and follow this race. It's going to be great. We're probably going to miss the race trying to follow the race. But anyway... Let's just see how it goes. Come, Magus! Go, Maggie! I miss it. I want to be out there. It was... Uh, oh, it's good to see. I really could feel the, the energy from the race. Um, didn't expect to see uh, Bogacá off the front on, with Sturban grimacing in his wheel.
2: See, I told you, he pretty handy
20: on the old cobble. He <laughs> yes. yeah, is. So good. Goggle
11: just crashed. He's not come through yet. He was, just,
3: he was just there.
0: He was just there. He's crashed. He had all stuff of his nicks and Vingegaard was with him.
11: Three of them there.
2: I think Vingegaard in the In the front.
0: Oh, it might have been Sep.
2: Um, and Corral Strike. Ben.
11: Don Betts!
0: Um and I can't have to hadn't got crazy, and then all of a sudden... la! Oh no, Bozenhagen going to get him. No, 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 no. Bozenhagen, Bozenhagen. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
9: yeah.
8: Bozenhagen. Ohlala, he's funny, everyone. What's
6: going
4: on? Taco. Taco van der Hoorn. Taco. Taco van der Hoorn. Kaki.
6: Why? Why? It's Taco. la!
23: Oh, who? What
4: a finish!
1: Clark! What a finish!
19: What happened to Magnus? Magnus got dropped on the run in there.
0: Simon Clark, tell me now, is this complete for you? You know, coming to this sort of end part of your career, I'm not saying you're done, but do you feel like complete now? The the tour stage, you know, the Vuelta stages, wearing the pink in the Giro, What more do you need
11: to really do to be, you know, satisfied? I mean, this is pretty close, yeah. This was the one big box that I hadn't ticked in my career. A childhood dream and and a goal. And so, yeah, to have ticked this off uh, is pretty special. And, you know, I won't give up. I'll set new goals and keep pushing because, you know, if you're not going forward, people are passing you so uh you know it doesn't finish there but it's pretty satisfying nonetheless
0: what about the team a big um achievement for the team what's the sort of the fallout last night you know how was what was the
11: reception from the team yeah look the team's absolutely stoked um it's their first tour de france win in in, in the history of their team of, of their team as well so a very big day for the team as well as for me so yeah it's super stoked all around and yeah, we we'll hope we can, you know, we've got a really good vibe in this team and we've got strong riders and we've got riders going going really well. So uh, I would be surprised if we don't, I'm not going to say we're going to win another stage straight off the bat, but I think you'll see us contending for a few more stages as well. We've got JJ here. He's
0: been on the pod before. Mate, was it like being at Paris-Roubaix yesterday
16: in the back of the car? I know it was shorter, but it felt like a Roubaix stage, uh, Roubaix, didn't it? Yeah, it was uh, it was something different. Um, I mean, it's sort of that classic feeling came back on, and yeah, it was go time for us. I mean, it's natural instinct, more or less. Was it hectic back in the cars? Did you guys have many problems? What was it like back there in the convoy? It was super dusty. We couldn't see the car in front of us, and basically, we just watched the TV. We had zero mechanicals, um, which is super good for us. Um, Myself, I was really nervous in the start, if something's going to happen to the leaders, to everyone basically, but yeah, in the end it was a really good day for us. No no punches, no mechanical, how great is that? Yeah, but so basically we had two punches, but the guys get sick the wheels, um, but far as, from my side, I didn't get out of the car at all, so it was driving from A to B in a normal way. So personal note here for Roubaix next year, this is the setup. Did you run 32s in the end or 30s? So 30s uh, tubeless and basically, this is basically the Roubaix wheels we used in the beginning of the year. We just made them new completely for this stage and they're fresh. So the guys are good to go with them and it's done back in service course now. Were the boys pretty happy with the material? Super happy. Um, they were smiling but then in the end they were tired by the end of the stage, but all of the, all around, was super happy.
0: How are you feeling now as we sort of get deep into this first week? It feels like the second week already, but are you starting to feel the fatigue? I'm feeling fatigue on this side. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm tired already. How's the, the vibe now with you and in the teams? Everyone's sort of feeling the, the, the tour
16: fatigue, I guess? Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm tired. I can be honest with you. It's like, it's not just the start of the tour. It's before the tour. Like, all the preparation going into it, and yeah, now we're basically starting the tour in a normal way, if I can put it that way. But yeah, it's. I mean, I think I think we're all looking forward for the first big race day, just to relax. What's your job today? Well, just in the car. First car? First car, yeah. I'm walking along here
0: with Tom from Swa Cycling. Tom, we're in Belgium, and the tour's here. What's it like when the tour comes to Belgium? It's feels like it's gone up about 10 notches
4: yeah I think so it's crazy it's uh, everyone was waiting for it and it's uh, right now the tour is here so it's it's amazing all these people coming out it's uh, wow do you like it do you like it
0: coming to the Tour de France like I know you love cycling but coming down here and just seeing this you know even just the when Van Aert's riding along the crowds like
4: doing a Mexican wave it's really cool isn't it it is, it is, and they recognize like uh, Peter Sagan, and, and they are completely crazy when the when the yellow jersey arrives. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's so easy to access, and, and people love it.
0: Well, we're walking down to the start. Let's go and see these guys roll off for a pretty cool day.
4: Yeah, yeah, looking forward.
0: Matt Stevens, we're here
3: in Belgium. Mate, this is gonna compete with Denmark. Oh, it's brilliant. I, I love Belgium, I, mate. I, I don't know, I, I think all as bike as riders, we, all of us in different degrees feel at home here, don't we? There's so much warmth, it's so genuine, it's woven into the fabric isn't it here, it really really is. Just look at the fans, they, they love it, I couldn't believe it on the square there, here in Banj, how deep the crowds were, it's, yeah and it, it's electric.
0: They just understand it, don't they? Just, oh look, they're about to take off, this is the bench stage, stage
3: five? Six. Six! <laughs> and they're <Yeah>. off. <laughs> they are indeed. I think the wind could play a part today, mate. I mean, that, that final as well, shouting to Matt White earlier on. He says he thinks it could be a breakaway today. We'll, we'll soon find out. But I reckon another fast, attritional stage. It's been a really good tour so far. Uh, but I think yesterday it really kicked into life, didn't it? It did.
0: Durbo. Mate, i mean asking how hard was that out there. Being confirmed by a couple guys, you're a big engine.
7: Was it hard? <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. Like, I think we did 100k in two hours and then just carried on from there I think the whole stage in the end was four and a half hours and it's 220k so it was just bullshit to be honest what's some of the data oh, I, don't know. I think I've averaged 300 for the day and so maybe 370 normal or something. <laughs> oh, made you know, a- I'm not very efficient and uh, I like to look and see take a lot of wind
0: Yeah, okay, well, that that makes sense then. No, it it looked brutal out there. Have you got any idea what Walt Van Aert was doing?
7: No idea. No idea. I think for a finish like this, it suits him down in the ground with the form he's got. But in the end, it actually suited us us very well. Everyone chased uh, the GC guys with full slang. Perfect. There's no way we wanted to chase for 220k. Um, In the end, we've got some good bike handlers, so we just sort of... As Met, Luka Metzek calls it, we stay in the death zone until the very last minute. And then uh, we took the risk and we got out and put Matthews in good position into that bottom of that last climb and uh, ran second, so we've got to be happy with
0: that. Stage six of the tour. Things have just been amping up, 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 after a slow start, what it seemed in Denmark. How can you see what's going to go from here? Like, we're into the, the La Plange, Super La Planche tomorrow. It's going to be hell, isn't it?
7: Yeah, I don't... Um, I remember from last year, it it doesn't really slow down, to be honest. Like Climbers just get faster, they climb, everyone's going, oh, today's gonna be, you know, surely everyone's tired, you know, and then just goes bullshit hard. So I wasn't surprised today it was gonna be like that. Um, So anyway, it will just uh, just keep getting harder and people will just keep saying crazy things at the end. (laughs) Mesa, (laughs) what the hell was going on out there?
23: Oh, the hell, uh, break loose, or how you say? It's like, the brake didn't go for 70, 80k. And then, yeah, Wout van Art. obviously on the motorbike. Wow, this guy's amazing.
0: I've never seen this before. Like, the, when the brake goes, the yellow jersey
23: goes in the brake, and then he just rips it up. Unbelievable. But actually, lucky, also Jakob was there. So the GC teams were a bit panicking there. Uh, they brought it back and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, this stage will make Vote a little bit more tired. So uh, also the other guys have a chance. Do you have
0: any idea why he was out the front? I'm still trying to work it out. What do you think that was all about? Was it about losing the yellow jersey so they don't have to control anymore?
23: Uh, you can lose it uh, without spending so much energy. Uh, but yeah, he was super aggressive from the start. Like uh, we saw he wants to be in that break of the day today and there was a couple of groups going uh, out and chasing and just like didn't stop. Uh, And then in the end, just a group of three guys, uh, which was actually quite surprising.
0: Does this confirm to you why I was really making a really good decision to retire last year? Because of the peloton now is going warp speed. This was ridiculous.
23: Off the back of yesterday. Definitely, I mean, uh, I think I'm next guy to retire just because of that.
0: Good job in the final, by the way. Like you said, you set bling up there. I saw you right into the climb. Were you happy with your job?
23: Yeah, I mean, uh, the first initial plan was uh, trying uh, to get over that uh, third cat climb, also for myself. But when I saw there will be a small group going over and uh, we were on a really good position, there was also a crash a couple of uh, uh, like before. So I said, oh, let's take advantage of it and... uh, Let's try to make this group as small as possible, then uh, Michael can do his job in the final, and obviously, he was actually going really good, and uh, finishing second behind Pogacar is uh, it's a really good job. Awesome, mate, go get in the bus, get ready for another
0: big one tomorrow. Well, here we go, another day of the Tour de France. Now, we're a bit heading into the mountains today, so I'm gonna see the boys are nervous yet another crowd here look at the crowds it's just amazing here every single day I come I know it's obvious to say but the crowds are just huge at the starts along the route and of course at the finish we're at stage seven today Zach we spoke when we first got to France now a few days have ticked away we've had the Roubaix stage we've had the you know the ridiculously fast stage yesterday now we're starting to get to the mountains Tell me a little bit more about the vibe, about how things have sort of settled inside the team You know, as the, the tour has rolled on. Are the guys feeling a little bit more settled, the hype's gone down a bit or everything's just still on, you know, going crazy?
12: <laughs> yeah, I think the thing with the first week of the tour is, is it's always stressful in particular when you start somewhere else. Then we had the Roubaix stage. Longy wasn't also, you know, straightforward. So, yeah, now we're settling into the game but there's some tight boys out there, that's for sure. And your guys, you know, Woodsy, he's been potentially
0: looking at some stages throughout today. Is today going to be one of those days?
12: I wouldn't say we gave him the week off, but a pretty chill start to the tour. Um, and the idea was, as as it was all along, is to, yeah, race starts here. So let's see what he's capable of today.
0: What about you, behind
12: the wheel? The,
0: your first Tour of France behind the wheel. What's that feel like, you know?
12: Well, I heard that you get your director's license once you've driven paris Bay, So I think I've got, I'm have got on my P's now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's see one day when I drive it, but. Yeah, it was all good so far. I didn't, didn't have any big stress situations, uh, but definitely need to be sharp.
0: What was it like driving the cobbles? Because I drove one sector, sector one, and our car hit the bottom straight away. I'm like, oh, I did not even know how to drive these things. Were you, could you hear things in the car getting smashed around?
12: Yeah, like <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have wanted that to be my first race, um, but it's all just about yeah, how you control the, where the car actually is. The, the cobbles is different more because you can't see that much. So the guy, you've got to trust the guy in front of you following, you know, but you've really got to be even more on your rear view mirrors to watch for groups coming back through. You know, we had the o- O'Connor group obviously coming back through the convoy and then back out the back of the convoy between the sections. So it's a lot going on. You've got to focus. Can you explain to someone out there, if anything you can relate to anyone, like even
0: me, what can you relate it to? Is it like riding a bike? Is it like racing go-karts? What is one thing you can relate to driving in the convoy?
12: Yeah, probably like driving in China. <laughs> no one waits, you know, so you got to really, you, you drive defensively, I would say, but you need to like, you can't back down, you know. So if you see a gap, you have to go for it. And it, there is a level of respect here. I think with the Tour, everyone understands that there's a lot more at stake because there's so many people on the road. So you see, like when I was driving at lower level races, there's a lot more risk take and guys don't really know what they're doing. The guys here, I would say, are le- less aggressive. So if you're here on the radio, a lot of guys respect you. You have a lot more motorbikes too. So the motorbikes, I don't know if you've seen, they, they stick on the left, right? So when you're moving up, as soon as you hear a car coming through, the car breaks in front, so then you can go into the right lane, and then out of the left. So you kind of just snake in the convoy the whole time, and, and people are really respectful. So I would say the convoy here, although everyone's trying to get the same spot, same as the race, There is a level of respect here, um, and and you've got to drive to that. Otherwise, you'll just get blocked straight away. Like, if you flick someone, then you're going to get flicked five minutes later anyway. Mm. All right, mate. Big stage ahead. I'll let you go. Thanks a lot.
0: Rod Ellingworth, big name in the uh, Ineos Brigade. Mate, we're here at the Tour de France. Tell me about it. You've done a lot of Tour de France's, you know, with the team. What is this big beast? You know, how do you get your head around it? How do you get the riders in the right place and and your role when you come to these big races well
9: i think you know obviously we've got a lot of experience now at this over over the years so um you know i think the journey into the tour starts quite early on in you know maybe the back end of the year before really so you know certainly with this group here we, we all first met properly about the tour in december mm. you know so steve coming who was leading the tour we knew he was going to be the lead ds so it's about him going on that journey with the lads from that point on, you know, you get all the the course details, don't you You know, and you work back from the demands of the event. So, um, you know, we we had the whole group, maybe 15 riders who were potential tour riders, all sat together, went through every day, looked at all the challenges so that so straight away they're into it you know the the straight away you start looking at the detail and what it's going to actually take so that's you know that's what we do, and and my my role really is just to back all that up and actually not tread on anybody's toes Mm. and get in the way but just to support them with all the experience that we have uh, and steer them in the right direction really but I've got to say Steve's done a great job with Brett and and um, you know they they really have gone on the journey and that sort of key moments in the season then obviously races but also training camps there's them little phone calls they've had groups you know they've got their whatsapp groups and, and chatting together and you know it's all that sort of It's yeah it's just going on that journey isn't it you know building them up what about on the day to day process for you when you're here at the race What what is your role um, on the day to day well I can't tell you that I'm doing mean, feet <laughs> up on the back what's to tell you no I mean obviously there's the team in the background still to stay on top of you know we've got a training camp on in Andorra at the moment. We've got the rest of the season coming up. We've got a lot of recruitment going off and, and, and everything else. So, you know, there's the business behind. Here on, on the race, really, my role during the day is, I think, you know, I like to watch the telly. I like to see what's happening. Mm. And then, you know, we meet every evening as a performance team. And I can offer my opinion to to the group. We, we believe in collective opinion. We believe in everybody putting in their thoughts that so you're not here to, as a uh, you know, to just on holiday you're here to offer your opinion and that's it that's everybody that's a nutritionist that's Mm. the physio that's everybody can offer their opinion and then we collectively look at that and then um you know it's up to myself really with steve to make the decisions on what we're doing
0: nads pedersen we had a great time in denmark tell me a little bit what it's like riding the tour de france but also what it's
14: like riding the tour de france in your own country so in, in denmark it was way more it was way more than we expected all the Danish riders. It was it was the crowds was amazing and, and so so much more people on the roads than than we expected. You know the last days you saw on social media that people was pissed that we had to close down Copenhagen and stuff like this. So uh, we kind of expected a little bit of shit time also, but the crowd was absolutely amazing and also if you ask other other riders in the peloton who isn't Danish, they they would say the same. So definitely that was that was crazy, especially for Danish guy uh, to to feel the support and, and to feel how how big a party it was on the roads. It was uh, really special. Also because everyone knew that it was once in a lifetime maybe that the tour is coming to Denmark. So. And, and coming to France, of course, it's, it's not the same. They have it every year, but it's still a lot of people here on the roads. So it's, it's, it's for me, it's, it's definitely not the same, but it's still a nice feeling to to feel the support from all the people and, and feel that they are enjoying cycling as well. What about the Roubaix stage? Was it cool riding through that the crowds,
0: the dust? Or were you just like, oh, you know what? This is actually just pretty damn hard.
14: Well, of course it's always hard, Roubaix and cobblestones it's always yeah. super hard, but... Look, again, the crowds is amazing and they know it's a, it's a really special stage, so a lot of people is going there to watch it. Uh, and yeah, on the cobbles, you know, you, you saw the pictures and, and the videos of dust everywhere, you couldn't see shit if you were just 20 spots behind. And it's just a spectacular race, so... In, in, in all, you know, in general with spectators, with the race in general, with the course, Equipment, everything is just special that day.
0: It's a weird thing, as the peloton approaches, you get a bit nervous, weirdly. Well, I do anyway. Oh, here's a drop rider, a VT. Watching the side of the road, I'm at the bottom of La Planche Del Belfi, and I'm getting anxious as the riders come towards us. Don't know why that is, but it's exciting. Richard Spink, mate, regular on the podcast these days. Spinky, you're working with Bike Exchange. You're a glorified physio. How has it been working on the tour
24: with the boys? Well, it's been superb. Uh, The the lads have come here with with good objectives. Um, the, The team spirit has been amazing from day one. And that's just been heightened with the win we got, stage three, and then with a good second place yesterday. Durba obviously had a fine ride today up the road, but, the, but all week long, the, the, the atmosphere has been brilliant. The lads have all pulled together. Uh, We've just got a great group here. And we're just really enjoying ourselves. Is this your first tour? I have did a bits and pieces last year, but this is the, the first good run of it, yeah.
0: How does it feel? Like, you know, now you're on the road for three weeks and you can feel the ebbs and flows of the team, but also the outside environment, the pressures, all that. The Tour de France
24: overall, how are you feeling about it all? Oh, it's just an incredible atmosphere. I mean, when you think of the tour worldwide, it's, what is it, third in the viewing figures in the world behind the World Cup and uh, the Olympics. So, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the biggest, one of the biggest sporting events in the world. And you can just capture that with the, with the people on the road. I mean, what a start in Denmark. Never seen crowds like, well, I saw crowds like that in Yorkshire, but I think they're even more partisan here. So yeah, it's just the atmosphere is, pushes you along. Um, obviously, everyone's tired, but the uh, yeah, adrenaline uh, keep, keeps you going. Looks like team cars here, so back to work. Thanks, mate.
0: Michael, Bling, Matthews, mate, we've well and truly kicked this Tour de France off. A few really tough days. Again, today was a really fast start. And into the super plunge Del Belfi, a very famous climb with the gravel. Tell me about your day and your Tour de France up until
21: now. Um, Yeah, my day was pretty simple, really. Uh, It was after yesterday's effort, I was uh, on my hands and knees. So (laughs) I just uh, sat in the pillow the guys were jumping around to try and get in the break. Um, Derbe got in, which was great. He uh, had a crack until the final climb. I haven't actually spoken to him yet, but I um, heard he was going well out there, so that was really nice. And um, yeah, up until now, until yesterday actually, it was pretty quiet for me. Um, we had a couple of sprint days with Dylan, um, TT, and uh, yeah, it was my turn to have a crack yesterday. came up second best to Superman, but um, yeah, I mean, gave it a crack. He's looking pretty ridiculous at the moment, two ridiculous guys
0: in this race, even he took that victory out today. I know you probably haven't seen it because you've only literally just rolled in, but it was incredible, wait till you see it when you get a chance, so no, uh, no shame in getting sort of put away by the Superman yesterday. But how are you finding a bit of a different role as well, because you've been helping um, Dylan in the, in the lead outs, um, something that you know, you're not known for, but you're sort of transitioning into that with a big sprinter behind you, how's that been for you?
21: Yeah, I mean, when you got the fastest guy and one of the fastest guys in the world in the team um, that uh, it was actually something we were looking forward to this year was was getting a, a real fast sprinter last year. We were starting to struggle a little bit with me trying to do every single stage, basically trying to go into breakaways, trying to do the flat sprints, intermediate stages and go- going in breaks on the mountain day, So um, yeah, the key was to have a really fast guy here in the, in the tour this year and that could help out in the, in the lead outs. I can do a really good job in that I think. I have a lot of experience in doing sprints myself and I know what a sprinter wants. So um, when, when me and Luca get together and uh, deliver Dylan as best we can, I think we can do a great lead out. Awesome
0: mate, I'll let you get in the bus. What did you think? Did you get a little bit of a taste for it? Did you get that feeling? Did you get that vibe, that buzz? I hope you did. I've really had a great time over at the Tour de France. I loved working with Lionel and I love working with Francois, of course, over at the Cycling Podcast. So check those episodes out if you haven't heard them already. Or just jump on the train now because those episodes are still rolling every day of the Tour de France. Of course, a big thanks goes out to Lara behind the scenes who's helping me do this as well helping putting together these episodes, but also the merchandise, the t-shirts, all that extra stuff you see, she's the brains behind that too. Will Jones, who puts these episodes together, and this one's particularly, because it was a bit of a piece to put together. But of course, Rafa, who are supporting not only me, but also the podcast this year, and they're doing a great job making these episodes come to you guys. If you haven't checked it out yet, I'm gonna remind you, go and check out swastcycling.com, because that is our limited edition Tour de France t-shirt that's going to be up for another week and a bit until the Tour de France is finished so make sure you get across and get yourself one of those guys until next week I've got a special talking look for you until then cheers the music in this episode was composed by Pete Shelley cheers mate